Sup, you beautiful bastards. Hope you have a fantastic Thursday. Welcome back to the Philip DeFranco Show. A quick note before we get started. As teased and promised yesterday, the oh my God, so comfy black and red, white and black, beautiful bastard hoodies are now available over at shopdefranco.com. It's a special edition limited time sale. You have seven days to grab it. Obviously first come though, first serve. So snag it while you can, but with that said, buckle up. Hit that like button and let's just jump into it. And the first thing we're gonna talk about today is this Gail King, Kobe Bryant news that has just blown up over the past 24 hours. So King interviewed Lisa Leslie. She's a former WNBA player, longtime friend of Bryant. And CBS this morning posted parts of that interview to their YouTube channel yesterday. And in addition to discussions on Kobe's influence, his daughter King posed a controversial question. It's been said that his legacy is complicated because of a sexual assault charge, which was dismissed in 2003, 2004. Is it complicated for you as a woman, as a WNBA player? It's not complicated for me at all. I just never see, have ever seen him being the kind of person that would be, do something to violate a woman or be aggressive in that way. I, that's just not the person that I know. Notably, King doesn't end the conversation on that topic there, then going on to say. But Lisa, you wouldn't see it though. As his friend, you wouldn't see it. And that's possible. Mm -hmm. I just, it's just, I just don't, I just don't believe that. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying things didn't happen. Mm -hmm. I just don't believe that things didn't happen with force. And then in a follow-up question, King kind of acknowledges the sensitivity and mixed feelings on the matter in the wake of Kobe passing. Is it even a fair question to talk about it considering he's no longer with us and that it was resolved? Or is it really part of his history? I think that the media should be more respectful um, at this time. It, it's like if you had questions about it, you've had many years to ask him that. I don't think it's something that we should keep hanging over his legacy. Now following this clip going out there, there was massive backlash. And I mean from, from fans, bystanders, celebrities alike. One of the most prominent people to call her out was 48-year-old rapper Snoop Dogg who dedicated uh, an explicit Instagram video on the matter. Gil King. Out of pocket for that shit. Way out of pocket. What do you gain from that? He then seemed to imply that King was setting a racially charged double standard by asking those questions about Bryant and not somebody like Harvey Weinstein. We expect more from you, Gail. Don't you hang out with Oprah? Why y'all attacking us? We your people. You ain't coming after fucking Harvey Weinstein asking them dumbass questions. And uh, it continued to escalate from there. How dare you try to tarnish my motherfucking homeboy's reputation, punk motherfucker? Respect the family and back off, bitch, before we come get you. And we saw similar criticisms all over the internet, just unforgiving stuff. And what ended up happening this morning in the wake of the backlash, we saw King respond, posting a two-part video on Twitter that she said friends recommended she not post. And there, she expressed her disappointment in the way that the clips were cut and framed. I know that if I had only seen the clip that you saw, I'd be extremely angry with me too. I am mortified, I'm embarrassed, and I am very angry. Uh, unbeknownst to me, my network put up a clip from a very wide-ranging interview, um, totally taken out of context, and when you see it that way, it's very jarring. We had a really wide-ranging interview, talked about many things, his career, his passion, his sense of humor, the way he was mentoring other people, how he was starting his next chapter, it was wide ranging. And yes, we talked about that court case because that court case has also come up. 
And I wanted to get Lisa's take on it as a friend who knew him well. She also said she thought it was very powerful when Leslie told her that it was time for the media to leave discussions of Brian's sexual assault allegations alone and that she insisted that part of the interview be included. And ultimately adding that she believes that Leslie was okay with the interview as a whole and went on to condemn CBS once again. So for the network to take the most uh, salacious part when taken out of context and put it up online for people who didn't see the whole interview is very upsetting to me and that's something I'm going to have to deal with with them. Uh, and we will, there will be a very uh, intense discussion about that. Then concluding her post by talking about her encounters with Bryant and the kindness that she experienced from him. Now, despite King's explainer videos, uh, she has still received a lot of hate for people online. Many still maintain the position that the question was wrong to ask at all just after his death. Right, a number saying you had plenty of time to ask that question when he was alive, after he retired. Right, some calling it damage control. Many people showing photos of her with Harvey Weinstein. Right, hitting that note that Snoop Dogg and many others have made. This is also still developing as we're recording today's show. One, we saw LeBron James tweet, protect Lisa Leslie at all costs. You're a real superhero. Sorry you had to deal through that shit. We are our own worst enemies. Hashtag Mamba for life. Though it also appears that we're seeing CBS side with Gail, because according to TMZ, a CBS News rep told them, Gail conducted a thoughtful, wide-ranging interview with Lisa Leslie about the legacy of Kobe Bryant. An excerpt was posted that did not reflect the nature and tone of the full interview. We are addressing the internal process that led to this, and changes have already been made. But ultimately, that's a story as it is now. I'm very interested to know what your thoughts on this are, because we've seen similar instances with this one is really, really blown up. But yeah, let me know in those comments down below. And then let's talk about the dumpster fire that is U.S politics right now. So today we saw DNC Democratic National Committee Chairman Tom Perez say enough is enough in light of the problems that have emerged in the implementation of the delegate selection plan and in order to assure public confidence in the results. Sorry to laugh. I, I feel like that, that, that is out the window, but okay. Tom Perez continues, I am calling on the Iowa Democratic Party to immediately begin a re-canvas and adding a re-canvas is a review of the worksheets from each caucus site to ensure accuracy. The Iowa Democratic Party will continue to report results. And according to The Hill, a DNC official told them the recan Canvas, distinct from a recount, will be a hand audit of caucus math worksheets and reporting forms to ensure they were properly tallied and reported. And this announcement is coming at an interesting time. As of recording this video with 97% reporting in, Bernie Sanders appears to have gotten the most votes from the first alignment, as well as the most votes from the final alignment, though by a smaller margin. Though notably, when it came to state delegate equivalents, it was pretty much neck and neck, both Bernie Sanders and Pete Buttigieg at 26%. And this morning, we also saw Bernie Sanders declaring victory, which of course is notable because Buttigieg earlier, before we had more information, seemed to declare, well, did declare victory. But also this is coming at a time where the New York Times put out a story headlined Iowa caucus results riddled with errors and inconsistency, noting that the mistakes do not appear intentional, but according to their analysis, more than 100 precincts reported results that were internally inconsistent, that were missing data or that were not possible under the complex rules of the Iowa caucuses, adding in some cases, vote tallies do not add up. In others, precincts are shown allotting the wrong number of delegates to certain candidates. And in at least a few cases, the Iowa Democratic Party's reported results do not match those reported by the precincts, right? Things that matter in general, but really, really matter in what appears to be an exceptionally close race. But yeah, uh, that's where we are now. Still just a mess, but maybe by February 11th when the New Hampshire primary uh, happens, <laughs> maybe then uh, it'll be figured out. So that, the Democrat situation right now, just a, a little bit of a nightmare. But that brings us to Trump and the Republicans who in general 
super happy. Donald Trump, as I briefly mentioned yesterday, was acquitted by Senate Republican, all but one Senate Republican, with Romney joining the Democrats and voting in favor of the first article of impeachment, abuse of power, but then jumping back regarding the obstruction of Congress article. And Romney's vote was notable for a few reasons. One, it was really interesting to see him do it, knowing that really no one from the Republican side was going to join him. Two, it marks the first time in US history that a senator has voted to remove a president from their own party. And finally, three, re religion and God have all of a sudden become part of the conversation regarding this vote. Romney announcing his decision with an emotional speech on the floor before the vote. As a senator juror, I swore an oath before God to exercise impartial justice. I am profoundly religious. My faith is at the heart of who I am. I take an oath before God as enormously consequential. I knew from the outset that being tasked with judging the president, the leader of my own party, would be the most difficult decision I have ever faced. The president is guilty of an appalling abuse of public trust. Corrupting an election to keep oneself in office is perhaps the most abusive and destructive violation of one's oath of office that I can imagine. Right, and following that, you saw the expected reactions. The Democrats praising him, congratulating him, Republicans taking aim at him. Though, I mean, Romney even noted that it would make him a target for Trump and his supporters. Though, to that point, we saw Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell say that while he was surprised and disappointed by Romney's vote, he also added, we don't have any dog houses here, noting that Romney usually supports the GOP's congressional agenda. That said, yesterday we saw Trump post a video attacking Romney and at one point referring to him as a Democrat secret asset. Also this morning, while speaking at the National Prayer Breakfast ahead of his planned speech this afternoon, Trump appeared to both Romney and Pelosi. I don't like people who use their faith as justification for doing what they know is wrong. Nor do I like people who say, I pray for you, when they know that that's not so. Trump also going after Democrats in general. Our great country and your president have been put through a terrible ordeal by some very dishonest and corrupt people. They have done everything possible to destroy us, and by so doing, very badly hurt our nation. Pelosi, for her part, who was just steps away from Trump when he made those remarks, responded to his attacks while speaking at the Capitol shortly after, saying Trump's remarks about Romney were particularly without class and so inappropriate at a prayer breakfast, which is supposed to be a nonpartisan event, adding, I don't know if the president understands about prayer, but saying she prays hard for him because he's so off the track of our constitution, our values. And then came Donald Trump's speech from the East Room, which was very much a victory lap, surrounded by allies, standing ovations, calling the whole thing a witch hunt and saying, we've been going through this now for over three years. Uh, it was evil, it was corrupt, it was dirty cops, uh, it was leakers and liars, and this should never ever happen to another president, ever. I don't know that other presidents would have been able to take it. We went through hell unfairly, did nothing wrong, did nothing wrong. I've done things wrong in my life, I will admit. Not purposely, but I've done things wrong. But this is what the end result is. Then of Russia, he went on to say, We first went through Russia, Russia, Russia. It was all bullshit. 
Then Trump appears to go after Romney again, though he technically doesn't name him. And then you have some that used religion as a crutch. They never used it before. An article written today, never heard him use it before. But today, you know, it's one of those things. But, you know, it's a failed presidential candidate, so things can happen when you fail so badly running for president. Then going after Adam Schiff and Nancy Pelosi. They're vicious and mean, vicious. These people are vicious. Adam Schiff is a vicious, horrible person. Nancy Pelosi is a horrible person. And she wanted to impeach a long time ago when she said, I pray for the president. I pray for the president. She doesn't pray. She may pray, but she prays for the opposite. <laughs> but I doubt she prays at all. But ultimately, that's where we are today. And it's going to be very interesting to see what happens from here, right? Is there going to be continued fallout? How will things trend? How long or short-lived will things be? I mean, on, on Tuesday, a Gallup poll found that Trump's job approval was at 49%. That is, for Donald Trump, the highest it's ever been. But yeah, for now, we'll have to wait and see. And of course, I pass the question off to you. What are your thoughts around this whole situation? And I mean that in general on particular points, but also especially for the religious folk out there. What are your thoughts about uh, the religion and God talk that has been thrown around? And that is where I'm going to end today's show. Also, if you're not 100% filled in, you can check out my brand new podcast or maybe dismiss the last film, Frank show you want to catch up. You can click or tap right there to watch either of those. But with that said, of course, as always, my name's Philip DeFranco. You've just been filled in. I love your faces and I'll see you next time. I hope you like the video. Subscribe if you like it.